It's September 6th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories today. Britain's Conservative Party announced on Monday that its members had chosen Liz Truss to replace Boris Johnson as leader. Turning to a hawkish diplomat, party stalwart, and free market champion, to govern a country facing the gravest economic crisis in a generation. Mistrust prevailed over Rishi Sunak, a former chancellor of the Exchequer, whose resignation in July set in motion Mr. Johnson's messy ouster. Her victory, by a margin of 57.4% to 42.6%, was widely expected in recent weeks after she took a commanding lead in the polls. It makes her Britain's fourth prime minister in six years and third female leader after Margaret Thatcher and Theresa May. Hear more about her impact on the UK and on the world stage on today's Deep State Radio. Russia has been forced to buy military hardware from North Korea as sanctions squeeze Moscow's ability to supply its military. According to declassified intelligence obtained by the New York Times, Russia has bought millions of artillery shells and rockets from Pyongyang. Last week, Moscow reportedly received its first order of new Iranian drones. Iran and North Korea, both the targets of significant Western sanctions, have sought to deepen ties with Russia since President Vladimir Putin launched his invasion of Ukraine in February. The exact size and scale of the new weapons deliveries revealed by the report remain unclear, but the U.S. official told the Associated Press that turning to North Korea for support demonstrated that the Russian military continues to suffer from severe supply shortages in Ukraine, due in part to export controls and sanctions. In my opinion, we're unlikely to be at this point yet but we should be thinking about how sanctions overuse could create a block of antagonistic countries. Thankfully, Russia, Iran, North Korea, and other sanctioned countries like Venezuela and Cuba are not economic powerhouses. However, we should be thinking about how we approach China. The recent UN report confirms much of what we already knew, which is that China is committing a genocide in Xinjiang. So hopefully, the U.S. takes more steps to sanction those involved in profiting off the forced labor. But pushed too far, and China could work to rip the global economy into pro-U.S. and anti-U.S. blocks. We aren't there yet, but we should keep an eye on it. Ten people were killed and 18 injured in an attack on an indigenous community and a nearby town in a rural area of the province of Saskatchewan in Canada on Sunday. An enormous manhunt had been launched following one of the country's worst-ever mass killings, and yesterday Canadian police said they found Damien Sanderson, one of the suspects in the stabbing spree, dead. The other suspect, his brother, Miles Sanderson, remains at large. Authorities declined to comment on a motive, but the chief of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations suggested that the stabbings could be drug-related. Elsewhere, Chileans overwhelmingly voted against a proposed new constitution on Sunday, 
rejecting what would have been one of the world's most progressive charters. While nearly 80% of Chileans voted to draft a new constitution in 2020, nearly 62% of voters rejected the new text, with 99.74% of the ballot boxes counted. The proposed text that voters rejected was a response to widespread violent protests that gripped the nation in late 2019 and focused on social rights, the environment, gender parity, and indigenous rights, a sharp shift from its market-friendly constitution dating back to the Augusto Pinochet dictatorship. The president said he would work with Congress and different sectors of society to draft another text with lessons from Sunday's rejection. Kenya's Supreme Court on Monday unanimously rejected challenges to the official results of the presidential election and upheld Deputy President William Ruto's narrow win in East Africa's most stable democracy. Ruto is expected to be sworn in on September 13th. Opposition candidate Rayla Odinga had alleged irregularities in the otherwise peaceful August 9th election that was marked by last-minute drama when the election commission split and traded accusations of misconduct. The court found little or no evidence for the various allegations and called some nothing more than hot air. Typhoon Hinnomnor, one of the most powerful to bear down on South Korea in decades, has hit the southern island of Javu overnight before making landfall near the port of Busan. The typhoon killed one person and left nine missing on Tuesday before heading back to sea, leaving thousands of people displaced and damaging properties. More than 60,000 households nationwide lost power because of the typhoon, which also forced hundreds of flight cancellations, suspension of business operations, and school closures. Germany will extend the runtime of two of its three remaining nuclear power plants to mid-April next year to provide an emergency reserve this winter amid the current energy crisis, the government announced Monday. Vice Chancellor and Economic Minister Robert Habeck told reporters that a power supply stress test had shown that the two southern German nuclear power plants could, under extreme circumstances, be important for safeguarding the energy supply in Germany and Europe this winter. He stressed that Germany won't reverse its decision to ultimately end nuclear energy production. Germany shut down three nuclear power plants at the beginning of this year and was supposed to switch off its remaining three plants at the end of this year under a decade-long plan enacted in the wake of the Fukushima disaster. As a result of Monday's announcement, only one of these three plants will be definitely turned off in December. The other two nuclear power plants will be taken off the grid, but kept on standby, so they could still be reconnected in a crisis situation, Habeck said. In lighter news, Ukrainian firefighters known for rescuing people from buildings hit by shelling in more than six months of war helped a small, furry survivor this weekend, a gray and white kitten. The rescuers, wearing full firefighting gear, battled raging flames and smoke to pull the kitten out from under a metal chair in the rubble of a wooden hotel restaurant complex 
hit by a rocket in Ukraine's second largest city, Kharkiv, the country's emergency services said Sunday on Facebook. Video showed the firefighters petting and cuddling the feline as they carried it to safety. One used water from a fire truck to wipe down the kitten in his arms. We found a beauty, one of the firefighters said, as the kitten wiggled around in a colleague's arms. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Aram Shabanian from the New Lines Institute about the counterattack going on in Ukraine. Go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.